good to be here, isn't it? Uh, Mike was originally going to speak this morning, and I thought that uh, how I could compare myself to Mike was maybe that you have somebody had a little bit more hair. But then after seeing the video earlier, that's just not true. He was really sporting that big 80s hair rock thing there playing the keyboards. Uh, he was doing real well. But uh, anyway, we, uh, we are here to celebrate uh, 10 years of service with uh, Pastor Han. And uh, so we wanted just to be able to share a few things about that. But we, I wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about, uh, about a calling. Uh, maybe you have, are familiar with this sound right here. Listen to this. Yeah, y'all heard that before? Some of you may be too young to remember that sound, actually, because we have other, so, so let's do a different one. Y'all, y'all heard that? Or maybe this one? Y'all, you get a little familiar? Or if you're a friend of Jim Reeves, you've heard something like this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got that little barking thing going on there and stuff like that. We have all sat around and waited on a phone to ring at some point in our lives. Um, Maybe for, if you're, you were younger, you're waiting on a good looking guy to call you and ask you on a date or something like that. And you just couldn't wait on that phone to ring. You sit there with that, that anticipation or, or maybe, uh, you were waiting on phone to ring to tell you that your children or even your grandkids arrived home. They, they were traveling and you want to know they were safe. And you sat there with kind of bated breath, just waiting on, on that phone to ring, uh, possibly. There was a phone call you're waiting on on a doctor to give you the results of a test. And the thing is that no matter how hard or how much we longed for the phone to ring, no matter how much energy we placed into it, we, we couldn't make the phone ring. It just was what? We were waiting on that call. We were waiting on that to happen. And, and so, uh, you know, kind of a little profound little statement here. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to write it down or anything. But just understand, calls come from a caller. When the phone is ringing, it's proof that someone has turned their attention towards us. It means that they are trying to get our attention. They're trying to talk with us. We don't initiate the call. They have to initiate it. And so it doesn't matter how much we desire the phone to ring. It doesn't matter how much we are wanting to talk to someone. Unless that caller takes the initiative, then nothing happens. Well, I want us to keep that... A concept in mind as we turn to what we want to talk about is a call to preach. Uh, it's a term that we most often use with someone who's entering into pastoral ministry. Um, as, as you fully understand a call to preach, we must first realize the desire and the initiative of the caller, and that caller is who? It's God. It's God Himself. First Corinthians 1 9 tells us that God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. One of the most frequent one-word descriptions of the Christian in the New Testament is that he is called. The calling referred to in this verse is not that of vocational ministry, but rather it's one that theologians refer to as an effective call. It's, it's a, a more basic and a more profound call. It's a, it's, it's a call that is that we are called into a relationship with Christ himself. Ephesians 2 reads as follows. It says, As you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you, were previously, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens, the spirit now is working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and our thoughts. 
And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love uh, that he has had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. Together with Christ Jesus, he also raised us up and seated us in the heavens, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace, through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his creation, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Before we can think about any other call of God, we must grasp this ultimate call. It is a call out of something that's bondage, bondage, that's blindness, that's sin. It's a call into something else. It's a call into a renewed fellowship, a relationship with God who created us. This morning, as we gather to celebrate the first 10 years of the pastoral and preaching ministry uh, uh, that Randy has had here at Colonial Heights Baptist, we must know that it would not be possible except for the fact that Randy one day heard this effective call on his life. Edmund Clowney gets it right when he says, there is no call to ministry that is not a first, a call to Christ. So... It is because of Randy's primary call was secured through the gospel by the cross that we can celebrate today his ministry here as pastor of Colonial Heights Baptist Church. So we must first experience, all of us at some point in our life must always experience a call from death into life, and that is where some of you are this morning. You need to hear God's call to you today. Jesus said this, said, come unto me, ye who are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Next, understand this. The caller calls all believers into ministry. We are to be what? The salt and light in the world that is looking in all the wrong places to flavor and to give direction. We are to go into all the world to make what? Disciples. Every believer, listen to this, every believer, once they have received that primary call, is called to minister into the ministry of reconciliation. Listen to Paul's words in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, certain that God is appearing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And so each one of us, our first call is to Christ. And then simultaneously... Immediately, we have a second call, which is a call to ministry. And then for some, there is a third call that sounds. This is a call to pastoral leadership, or again, to what is noted as the call to preach. 
This call or role is described in Ephesians chapter 4. Let me read that to you if we can. It says, And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the training of the saints in the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with the stature measured by Christ's fullness. So uh, a practical definition of a call to pastoral leadership could be read to sound something like this. A specific call placed upon those men who have been effectually chosen by God, who demonstrate the character of Christ, and who have been given the necessary gifts for the purpose of building, equipping, overseeing, and serving the church. Paul, in writing to Timothy, shared this about the calling to be a pastor. And he said, this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer or an elder, he desires a noble work. Aspiration to the task of pastoral leadership is a necessary component to the specific calling. It is a desire that is placed in the heart and the spirit of the man that God is calling. However, it is not a desire for one's own glory or position or satisfaction. Any aspiration to pastoral leadership must come from a love for Christ that has birthed a sincere and sacrificial love for the bride of Christ, which is his church, and a desire to serve her selflessly. So how does this practically play out? What does this really mean? What is, that, what is it that God calls a pastor to do in serving the bride? Well, he had five tasks. One is to lead the church, to make decisions that shape the future. A second task would be to teach the church. If you look at the qualifications of a pastor, most of them are character qualifications, to be above reproach, to be respectable, to be gentle. One other character qualification is to what? to be able to teach. And so thus they must have the ability to proclaim the gospel. A third task is to equip the church, uh, to train the members to care for one another and to do the work of the ministry of the church. A fourth one would be to protect the church, protecting the church from heresy and to uh, bizarre doctrines of all kinds. This is something that we see all throughout the New Testament. And so the pastor is called to protect the church from false teaching. And the fifth one would be to care for the church, to be a shepherd, to love the sheep. So the call to preach is not a single call, but rather it's a process of calling. First one is to be called to Christ and accepts the tremendous gift of salvation that calls us out of bondage of sin and into the fellowship or into the relationship with our Creator. At the same time, we are called into ministry of reconciliation, pleading on Christ's behalf for others to receive this same gift. And then the called receives the calling to use the gifts and the character for serving the church, the bride of Christ. But there is still yet one more facet to it, a call from the church. Under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, a local congregation like Colonial Heights Baptist Church, determines that the man God has purposed to be their pastor or determines who the man is for God to be their pastor. Through much prayer 
uh, they should be led of God to extend what we call a call to that individual. When done properly, it is indeed a work of God. And that is why you don't usually hear of us hiring a pastor. Rather, we talk about calling a pastor. That way we are acknowledging both our recognition of his call from God and our affirmation of God's call through the church for him to be our pastor. When done right, that process then results in a merging, and it's a wonderful thing, a merging of paths. And in that merging, we have the path of the, of the pastor who has called God to lead and direct, a merging of the direction of the church. And as they merge together and become one thing, we experience the blessing and the glory that God has evidenced here over the past 10 years. For the past 10 years, we have been blessed to have a man of God who has experienced the call of Christ a call to ministry, and a call to pastoral leadership. And he has also experienced the call to be the pastor here at Colonial Heights Baptist. Today, we take a moment to thank God and to celebrate the first 10 years of Dr. Randall T. Hahn, a man called by God to be our pastor. So if you would, join me in giving a praise offering to God and a thank you to Randy and Karen and family for their faithful service here. Can you do that? Randy and Karen, if y'all would slip up here for a minute, we have a couple things we'd like to share with you, if we could. Come on up. Let's step down there so everybody can see us all, so we're not back here behind all this. Again. First thing what we'd like to share with you is... Um, uh, the church took a, a few moments over the last month to just take an opportunity to share some words of gratitude. There's just no way that in a short sermon, uh, in a service, uh, or whatever, that we can really express our gratitude, and uh, especially so much of the personal nature of how you have affected our lives and, and how your ministry here has made such an impact, not just in our community, but, but in our lives personally. And so we gave the church an opportunity to um, uh, just to jot down a few things from each one of them. So, uh, Randy, you're going to have a lot of reading to do. Uh, we'll do that. And so I present to you volume one of, uh, of, our, of our things. And you'll notice in there, it's just a nice little folder there. But inside this are many, many, many notes uh, that, that come handwritten from the people uh, of, of this church thanking you for your ministry here. So again, Randy, we love you. We thank you. And here's this. Okay. Amen. Good morning. Uh, my name is Steve Peterson and I'm the uh, chairman of the personnel committee here at the church. And uh, along with my wife, Sandy, uh, we have the honor of being able to present a few more gifts to you this morning. Uh, first of all, Karen, um, if you would just accept these flowers as a small token of uh, our appreciation, uh, not just for what you do here at this church, um, but for your, 
your support and your dedication to Randy and, and his ministry here. I think Randy would agree that without you and your love for him and uh, your family, uh, he wouldn't be able to do what he needs to do week to week. So thank you. And secondly, one part, um, as is customary here at the church, uh, we present our pastors uh, on what we consider their milestone anniversaries, which is basically every five years, uh, a small uh, monetary gift. Uh, so, Randy, I will present that to you. Thank you. Right. Karen, Karen, if he doesn't share that with you, you let us know. <laughs> okay. All right. And uh, finally, um, several months ago, uh, a group of us got together here at the church, and we were trying to come up with a... Uh, an appropriate gift uh, to present you in honor of your anniversary. And uh, we came up with an idea, and we presented it to the church uh, for financial support. And it is through their generosity that I can present you today and tell you that uh, Corona Heights Baptist Church is going to be sending you on an all-expense-paid trip to the Holy Land. Oh, gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now this, you can't turn this in for cash. <laughs> and 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 one other thing, uh, if anybody reads the news or reads the newspaper or sees the news lately, we know there's some things going on over there right now. So fortunately, <laughs> your plane does not leave tomorrow. Um, we'll we'll work with you to figure an appropriate time for you to go. All right. So you know, and I, I can I can say on behalf of the church. Uh, Thank you uh, for what you do for us, your love for us, your commitment to us, as well as your family. And uh, congratulations on 10 years, and we look forward to many more. It's your turn now. Yeah. Would you take that down there for me, thank you. I've never been to Israel. I've heard about it. <laughs> See it on the map. Uh, thank y'all. Thank y'all very much. Um, you know, on, on this day, uh, as has already been pointed out, not only my wife but my family are, are, are such a big part of, of who I am and, and what I'm able to do in the Lord. And I'd like to take a second, if I could, and just introduce them. I have a lot of family uh, here for this special occasion. Let me, let me start down here with Karen's mom. And, and just stay standing, if you would. Go ahead and stand. This is Tony Nagy. And turn, turn and face the family so we can see you. This is Karen's mom. And then uh, next to her, uh, my baby sister surprised me this weekend. I didn't know she was coming. That is uh, Amy Sanju. And, uh, and then, of course, my wife, Karen, you've met her. And then now, now we're into the, into the kids. This is our third, Colin Hahn. And uh, our second, they didn't sit in order, Amy Hahn. Our fourth, and uh, after last night, maybe up for adoption soon. Uh, uh, this is Randy Hahn. And then... Uh, our, our oldest, uh, Mary Beth Hahn, and uh, 
We're real excited. Her fiance and my about to be son in law, Kevin Antcliffe. And then a lot of you, a lot of you have met before my mom and dad, Colin and Natalie Hahn. So, thank you guys. I love, I love these folks right here. I can't begin to express what they mean to me, really much in the same way that I can't begin to express what, what you guys mean to me. Um, you know, it's interesting, coming into this weekend, you know, I, know, I don't know any of the details of what's going on, but I, I know this weekend's about me. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, it, it, seriously, I was like, woke up the, this weekend and I thought, boy, this is, this is fun. I, you know, this is exciting. And, and, and so I go to have my quiet time. And uh, I, I do a Bible reading plan so that I read through the Bible each year. And so I, I read a New Testament, an Old Testament passage, a psalm, and a, and a proverb. And this weekend, the, or, or yesterday, the proverb that I read is Proverbs 27.1. It said, a man is tested by praise. And I thought, well, that's to call the fun out of it, Lord. So now like I'm on a pass-fail this weekend, how does this, how does this work? But... Uh, you know, folks, I feel very honored and blessed. Uh, I feel very honored and blessed by y'all. And, and not because of anything that has gone on this weekend or, or in a gift. Y'all have continuously, week in and week out, uh, expressed your love and appreciation and support and prayer for, for me personally, for my family, for our ministry here. Uh, there, there's never been a time when I didn't feel appreciated uh, by this church. And uh, I felt honored by the Lord to get to be pastor of this church. Um, some of you have a very long history with Colonial Heights Baptist. Some of you are, are more new. Uh, this is a fact. It's not a humble statement. It's just a reality. This was a great church long before I got here. Uh, I did not make this a great church. And God has done some great things here. And uh, one thing that's become very important to me to understand this is, he, I, I, folks, I believe with all my heart, he's not done great things because I am here. He's just done great things while I've been here. And I think that that, that word is very different. It's not because it is, it is while. And, and while I've been here, we've all been here, and, and I've been thinking about what has gone on, whether we put it in a timeline like they did in the, in the bulletin this morning or just a variety of things that might come to, to my memory, some great things, some fun things, some exciting things. There's been some times where I've been very hurt, very broken for you, maybe some individual events going on in your life or just what we're dealing with. But you know, the key word that has come to my mind this, this weekend and, the, and really this week as I've been thinking in my own life about being here is the word Steward. You know, a lot of times we only hear that word when it's time to give a message on giving, right? That's because it is a financial term. We're managers. That's what that biblical, that New Testament word means. We're, we're managers of what an owner has given us. But it's not a word that is related solely to money. You and I, I am, I'm a manager of everything God has been and everything that God has done over these last 10 years, good and fun and difficult and challenging, whatever's been going on, you and I are managers. We're managers. We're responsible for what we've seen God do. We're responsible for what He's provided. We're responsible for the, the opportunity out in front of us. And if we come to understand that the, we are, that I am a steward, no more, no less, I'm a manager of, of what God is being and doing here, 
then there's only one word that can ultimately guide your life and in my life. And that's the word faithful. Will I be found faithful with what God did in this place the last 10 years? Will you be found faithful? I hope you know I'm not the only one held accountable before God for what has gone on, for what has not gone on, for what should have happened, for what should not have happened. I'm not the only one accountable for that. We all are accountable together. Will we be found faithful? There's a couple of things that I just want to share real quickly that, man, I look back and I pray and I hope as I think about how does God evaluate and look at the last 10 years and, and, and four ideas that just kind of drive as we look forward to the future Man, I want to be found faithful to preach and teach God's Word. I don't want to fail at that. I, I can fail at some things, but I cannot fail at preaching and teaching the living, active Word of God. And second thing, I want to be faithful to my, to my wife, Karen, and to my kids. Because if I'm not faithful there, if I fail in any way there, it absolutely, in time, will become irrelevant Wherever else I might have been faithful or successful. I want to be faithful to pastor. I was kind of surprised actually by some of the testimonies and words. I feel like that's an area of, of weakness for me. That's what I, Ronnie, felt called to do. But as I came here and this place just kind of, uh, I'll use the word blossomed, exploded, might be another word. Uh, it's, it's kind of become a large business. I didn't feel called to run a business uh, but you know, there's a lot of personnel, there's a lot of budget, there's a lot of issues, there's a lot of calendar, a lot of things going on. And, and a lot of times I get caught up running, running business. And, and I want to be faithful to pastor. And lastly, folks, I want to be faithful to keep before you and me a vision of God's greatness and God's glory and God's work. And that is what you and I are, are forever striving after. You know, I think about a passage we looked at in Romans several weeks ago when we wrapped that letter up and Paul was closing that in Romans 15. I hope you remember, we talked about Paul. Man, I want to go to Spain. Man, he had accomplished so much. He'd had so many milestones and yet he was dreaming about being more and doing more for the Lord than he ever had in all of his past. And he was dreaming about what only God can do. I, I pray that's what I keep before us. I think that's something I've learned and been challenged with over the last year or two. It's very simple. It is very easy to slide into really just kind of a maintenance mode and just taking care. I mean, you know, in church, we just we do a set of things, right? It's, it's this time of day, so we do this. It's this hour, so we do this. It's this month, and, and so we do this. And we can just get kind of caught up doing the, the next thing. Folks, people are dying and going to hell. And Jesus has called us to go as far as we can and as hard as we can until we're looking at him in the face, either by death or because he splits open the sky and returns. And I want to be faithful to keep before us, before this church family, a challenge, an opportunity, a work. Only word I can think of to say is that scares us. That we genuinely and truly believe that actually can't be done. I can't do that. The staff can't do that. The church is not. We can't do that. Because that's when we drop to our knees and we say, God, through us, would you, would you do that? I pray I'm faithful to keep before us never, never, never a work of man, but a work of God.
That's what I'm striving to be faithful to. And I know so many of you pray for me. That's exactly those four things would be what you could pray. That I'm faithful to preach and teach the word of God. Faithful to my family. Faithful to pastor. And faithful to keep God's vision before us in this church. I am so grateful that you gave me this call and that you let me hold this role. Thank you very much. Let's, um, let's do exactly what he just asked us to do. Let's, let's join together and let's pray for him. Can we do that? Let's do that. Lord, I am so thankful for Randy and for his desire to be faithful to you. God, I'm thankful for a pastor whose heart it is to, to serve you and not himself. Lord, I thank you for the genuineness of his heart and for his love for you and his love for the people here. And God, we just pray your blessings upon he and his family. But Lord, I, I pray for those very four things very specifically. God, I pray that Randy will remain true to preaching the word of God. Lord, that as he gets up every, every week and he shares that and teaches the word of God, that, Lord, it will be because he is prepared and because he is, uh, he is uh, staying true to the doctrine that is taught there. And, Lord, that through that, he is equipping us as a church to do the work of the ministry. Lord, I pray that you, you would help him to be faithful to his wife and his family and his kids. Lord, there are so many things that pull us in different directions, Lord. And, and when we say faithful to family and friends, sometimes we just think those things of sexual nature. But, Lord, there's so many ways we can be unfaithful to our family and to our wives. God, I pray that you give him the strength and the wisdom to see where he is being pulled in different directions, God, and that he would have the ability to resist those kind of temptations. God, I pray that, uh, Lord, he would be faithful God, in, uh, in, in sharing a vision for us, Lord, that in, in doing that, God, that you would give him that vision, and that that vision will always be before us as a church, as a body of believers, as a family, and that, God, we would strive to serve you. Again, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we worship you this morning. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Randy.